0: This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Bittner from The Cyberwire. Thanks for joining us for episode 17 of the Recorded Future podcast. The Black Hat 2017 conference just wrapped up in Las Vegas, followed immediately by the DEF CON Hacker Convention. Between the two shows, it's one of the largest annual gatherings of cybersecurity professionals and enthusiasts in the world. Recorded Futures' Alex Walker was there, and on today's show, he shares his experience from Black Hat and DEF CON, and how these sorts of gatherings are helping the cybersecurity and threat intelligence communities mature and focus on emerging challenges. Stay with us.
0: It's a massive undertaking, so... Probably, you know, one of the biggest spaces that you could have a conference in Las Vegas full of different types of vendors speaking about pretty much every element of cybersecurity. Pretty incredible to see all of these things in one place. So many uh, companies that we also work with, and then a lot of ones that maybe I'd never even heard before, but so many people talking about how do we approach a world that is becoming ever increasingly kind of more more dangerous online, and that as people become more and more aware of these potential uh, cyber threats, um, how can we protect ourselves in all these different uh, spaces? There's a lot of people, uh, at least, looking to uh, insert their solution um, in different parts of companies' workflows, and it's you know everything from the private and public sector to, you know, federal uh, intelligence, that kind of thing. So really a wide swath of people trying to tackle the issue of how do we confront this world today that is ever more connected and gives, you know, opportunities for people to do bad things to us.
1: And so are we talking about sort of a a typical trade show environment where you have a show floor with booths and then uh, breakout rooms with meetings and presentations?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, pretty typical trade floor. And and a number of people trying to uh, use their booth, use their space um, to try to say something uh, unique or at least draw you in to be able to be curious about what their uh, security solution is is making different for you from all the other uh, vendors booths.
1: Now, also uh, going on in Vegas uh, around the same time is DEFCON. So it's a, what's the difference between Black Hat and DEFCON?
0: I think really it's in, the, uh, it's in the approach, the attitude. DEFCON also seeking to tackle how do we live in this new environment. It was the 25th year of DEFCON this year. It, its history is really based in this 90s hacker culture. The original uh, founders... And still, you know, number of the people who are involved in in putting on CON every year were essentially, uh, you know, criminals. People who, uh, either through through curiosity or other things, decided to see what they could do. Right? Some of those original phone freakers, uh, people who you know tried to to break into government websites for fun. So there, there's this this attitude of sort of uh, adventure. Um, there's still very much of this outsider nature um, that, that can definitely be hard to, to break into. Um, but what it does offer, I think, is, is unique solutions um, to those problems and, uh, you know, a certain amount of fun, of uh, cynicism, sarcasm uh, when we approach these different problems. So, for example, uh, I attended a, uh, a session on uh, point-of-sale malware. And it was an individual who had gathered up uh, a number of different um, machines that you would just find to swipe your card at, say, you know, any kind of retailer. And he found out ways to um, you know, get around some of the protocols to access the administration mode um, and then eventually to load on the video game Doom and then using the uh, magnetic stripe to enter cheat codes into the game and have a playable version of this video game on, you know, that four to six inch screen. Something that you would only think would, could be used for, uh, for putting your, your card information in.
1: Yeah, so it seems like there's almost uh, kind of a, a whimsical nature, uh, sort of a, a winking sort of uh, nature to DEFCON uh, that they don't take themselves too seriously, perhaps
0: absolutely and that element kind of goes out to everything there's there's you know chill out sessions uh sponsored by pirate electronic radio you know any any of the things that you want to purchase in terms of uh you know swag official t-shirts and hats you have to pay only in cash and they give you a number where you have to you know wait in line um there's a lot of these things about you know Kind of obfuscating your your personality. The badges this year were a recreation of the original DefCon one badge, um, in which instead of your name, uh, like I had on my Black Hat badge, it's an alias, right? So people refer to each other by their online handles. Um, you know, there's still this kind of sense of uh, anonymity. You know, uh, and then there there is a small vendor space within Black Hat. Um, but again, you're paying for a lot of these things uh, only in cash, and it's things like uh, lockpick sets, a- again, in, in the spirit of um, seeing what is possible, kind of living on this, this line of you know, what, it, what may be legal, but, but also kind of giving this liberating spirit of like, yeah, let's, let's see what we can do. Let's test the boundaries and let's try, try to tackle these problems um, in, in a different way.
1: So, getting back to Black Hat, take us through some of the sessions that you attended, the kinds of things that were there for you to be able to learn. I had to
0: spend a, a good majority of, of my time at the booth. But when I did have a little bit of time, uh, kind of walking around the floor, seeing the different ways that people were presenting solutions. And I think one of the biggest things that seemed to be, uh, you know, kind of across the board. Was providing analysts information. The other way too was trying to populate that information within a space that made sense. Sometimes it it would be the same thing. Uh, people talking about uh, an endpoint solution versus another kind of software service, and trying to uh, you know sell this idea that it is possible to. Uh, you know, protect yourself if you know the right kinds of things. So then it all becomes a matter of, uh, you know, what sources are important to you? Can you have the proper coverage of those sources to make sure that you know as many things as, as you can, right? The amount of information that is necessary, I think, to do that job is increasing all the time. It's also kind of up to analysts to be savvy about uh, what information is important and perhaps what other things are you know, too noisy. But one of the things that I really noticed in this conference that's been different than a number of other conferences that I've uh, attended in this space was the situational awareness about threat intelligence and how it might be important to uh, even emerging teams uh, where there's only a couple people um, and how to try to find solutions that would maximize their amount of time. So I had a number of conversations and did some demonstrations for people who said, you know, I'm the only threat analyst. I'm the only person who's actually hunting. Or, you know, I, I only work with, uh, you know, two other guys who are in a sock, and, and I have to uh, link up everything that I do and be able to, to share information quickly between other members of my team. And so, you know, it's been interesting even within, you know, the last six or eight months or so uh, to see people kind of changing into this space, knowing perhaps what they want to get out of uh, threat intelligence and also understanding the potential importance of having, you know, more awareness about what types of threats could be affecting them and what possible ways they can mitigate those threats.
1: So when people were coming to your booths at Recorded Future to ask about threat intelligence, what kinds of questions were they asking?
0: You know, a lot of it revolved around uh, the types of data, right? The types of sources. People asking me about, do you collect from certain kinds of blogs or or forums? Um, How can I link all of this different different information uh, together? How can I place all this information about IPs and hash values and domains into a place where I'm already using it. So a lot of, a lot of conversations about, um, things like a SIM integration, you know, how can you help me, uh, do what I'm already doing? How can you pair with products that I already have to make it Better. How can we maintain awareness about our entire environment? So, um, you know, I had a conversation with a couple, you know, educational institutions, universities uh, who have a pretty big public IP space. How can we make sure that, you know, none of our IPs are being used for bad things uh, become part of a rat controller or something like that?
1: Is there a sense of, of an overall sort of uh, maturation of, of the field, of, of the environment? Things are, I don't want to say settling down, but that people are, are getting a sense for where they need to focus their energies?
0: Yeah, I, th- I, I definitely see some of that happening. I think there's still a number of people who, uh, you know, they see some of the need based on these big things like, you know, want to cry, Petya, not Petya, uh, this kind of huge wave of tools that I think a lot of people, a lot of analysts didn't quite understand, you know, how they're being paired, where are these attacks coming from, you know, how how can we uh, protect ourselves in the future? But I think the more and more uh, you know, things are being published about these types of attacks, things with ransomware, uh, you know, increases in the amount of Apple iOS uh, malware that, you know, no one can just afford to sit uh, on their laurels anymore. And, and so the, I think that that need or that urgency to be uh, more proactive and more aware was definitely there. Um, and you know, overall, I think that's a good thing. Even if you know it's it's companies, teams, analysts that haven't quite gotten to that exact space, the idea or mindset that uh, threat intelligence is essential to everyday duties, um, I think is is going to go a long way to getting us collectively in the space that we need to be to try to mitigate some of these <laughs> these future disasters.
1: So beyond the show floor itself, when you're uh, considering, you know, the social side of things, the opportunities to be able to gather with other people in the industry, to socialize, to trade stories, uh, what are the opportunities for those sorts of things at this show?
0: Sure. You know, one of the greatest things about something like Black Hat is just how many people are in one one place at one time. Being able to, you know, have a number of different meetings uh, with people in, in somewhat of a more casual uh, environment to be able to talk about different ways that you're uh, applying, perhaps you know threat intelligence, uh, different ways that that companies view the security world, and and getting getting a, a time to to socialize about things. I think you know when when you can kind of hang out and and talk about some of these issues, you know perhaps there's a higher level of uh, of honesty, of, of being candid. Um, and, and also I think, you know, you need a certain amount of that, uh, going back to, to what we've been talking about with, with DEFCON. I think you need some of that, that humor, um, some of that kind of different angle, the kind of alternative, uh, approaches, um, to solving some of these issues.
1: So you're fresh back from the show. As you're looking back on the time that you spent out there in Vegas, what are the take homes for you? What What are some of the lessons that you learned?
0: I had gone to another session at DefCon, which I think you know uh, was trying to kind of think of of how how it was somewhat of a of a larger lesson about you know the the kind of the place we find ourselves in encountering these new threats, right? So it was all about drones, the threat that could be perceived from the basically smaller drones, these uh, mini quadcopters, um, and then all of the different companies that are in the space to kind of counter or you know approach this issue. So first they gave a demonstration of how this drone could just fly by your window uh, while you were taking a coffee break. Uh, use your wireless uh, USB mouse to, you know, access your computer files. And they put up, uh, you know, a screen that said, you, you're now in the danger drone. These things in which it's such a, you know, kind of a simple uh, thing and, and maybe even a threat that you wouldn't even perceive right now in terms of all the other threats that are in the space and then it was looking at all of the different companies that are trying to solve this issue uh, with varying degrees of success. And anything from you know highly trained eagles to guns with nets um, and all of these other things. And you know, when I think about this kind of physical threat that is also manifesting itself in a cyberspace, and we're looking at the ways that we're trying to counter this this threat, we have to be, I think, careful in the way that we're trying to offer solutions and, and trying to uh, sort of compete with things that, that are somewhat alien, that are, that are ever more sophisticated with old methods may not work anymore. One of the other things that I encountered, too, is just it's how big between these two uh, communities that have, you know, kind of overlapping membership how wide this group of people who, who really care about tackling these problems. Um, and it's it's exciting to see kind of how many brilliant minds are devoted to this, this space that is is becoming uh, less and less niche all the time as it's, you know, issues that, you know, the general populace are, are thinking about every day. Looking forward to this future in which, Kind of every single person in their in their own lives because they use so much uh, technology is potentially at risk. And so how to best educate everyone to be able to to meet those challenges in the future.
1: Our thanks to Alex Walker for joining us. And don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Future Cyber Daily email. And every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at RecordedFuture.com intel. You can also find more intelligence analysis at RecordedFuture.com blog. And remember to save the date for Our Fun, the sixth annual threat intelligence conference coming up in October in Washington, D.C. Attendees will gain valuable insight into threat intelligence best practices by hearing from industry luminaries, peers, and experts from Recorded Future. The details are at recordedfuture.com rfun. That's R-F-U-N. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online.